Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. Good morning. How are you today? Good? Okay. Awesome. There we go. There we go. I'm in the system now. Hey, my name is Tim, if we haven't met yet, and I'm part of the team. And today it's my great privilege to open up the Bible. This is, if you're new to all of this, this is the part of our gathering where we will open up the Bible and we will look at the truth of God today. And um, before we jump in, though, I wanted to take a moment and just sort of recognize a significant thing um, in our church community um, here this last week. We experienced a miraculous healing um, this last week. Um, Our good friend uh, Joe McCroskey um, is celebrating this Sunday. This is his first Sunday worshiping Jesus in his presence. And so if you haven't heard the news, um, Joe passed. If you don't know Joe or if you have only maybe met him just recently, Joe's most recent Uh, work to point people to Jesus is restarting the um, Santa Cruz chapter of Christian Surfers. And Joe was an amazing, amazing surfer, yeah. And um, he and his wife Tammy and their family have been a part of our church community now for a number of years, and um, we we love them so much. And so our hearts grieve with them, um, but we're also celebrating with them. Um, Joe's miraculous healing came in the form of leaving this earth behind and walking right into the presence of Jesus. And so uh, we're celebrating um, with them. So this Saturday, we're going to have a paddle out as we do here in Santa Cruz. And so uh, this Saturday at 3.30, we're going to have a paddle out and it's going to be at Sunny Cove. And so if you'd like to join us in a, in a paddle out, Sunny Cove, 3.30 this Saturday, we'd love to have you out there. I would suggest you get there early. Uh, there will be a lot of people in the water um, this Saturday. And so, but you don't have to go in the water, I should say that. You can just be with us and, and celebrate right from onshore. And it's going to be an amazing, special time of remembering um, Joe's life and impact here. And then the following Wednesday evening at 7 p.m., we are going to have a celebration of life service at Monta Vista Christian School. And so if you want information about either one of those things, stop by the Connect Tent or just reach out through our website and contact us, and we'll send you all the information if you want to be a part of that. Um, so I felt like it might be appropriate then at this point, why don't we just pray and pray for the family, and then we'll jump into the Bible. God, we thank you so much for your presence with us. God, when we think about Joe right now, and we think of the other, the other loved ones that we know who have passed beyond uh, this earthly life into eternal life with you. God, we can only imagine what, what, what they're experiencing right now, what Joe is experiencing right now. And, and God, all of what he put his hope and his faith and his trust in now has been fully realized. God, thank you for an amazing picture of a life well lived. God, we pray for the McCroskey family. We, we pray that as they grieve, that you would, you would walk with them in a special way, a tangible way. We thank you that you promise, you promise to walk with the brokenhearted. And so, God, we, we believe that promise now as they, 
as they grieve their loss, as we grieve our loss. But God, thank you for the promise. Thank you for the hope of eternity with you. And so, God, this morning we just, we say thank you. Thank you for walking with Joe through the hardest part of his life these last few months. God, thank you for um, giving him the promise of, of a relationship with you and eternity with you. And thank you for giving each one of us a reminder that this too, this life shall pass. And God, your, your, your guidance for us this morning is that when we experience loss in this life, the best thing we can do is invest our lives in the things that will last beyond this, early, this earthly life. And so God, this morning, maybe this morning we do the best thing we could possibly do and we open up your word and we focus on your word that will last for all of eternity. And so God, thank you for going with us now in this moment. And it's in the name of Jesus, the resurrected, that I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, um, today we are uh, taking the next step in our Found in the Way series. We've been in this series all year long. Some of you are like, yeah, it feels like we've been in this series for a long time. We have, off and on throughout the, the, the whole year. Um, today, we, we move out of the Lord's Prayer. I was joking with some, with some, some, some folks earlier this morning. Uh, it feels like we've been in the Lord's Prayer for about 14 months. And um, we've, we've exhausted, I think, our ability to kind of take it all in and, in this point. And so we're done. We finished up the Lord's Prayer last Sunday. And today we get to move into the next section of the most famous sermon of Jesus called the Sermon on the Mount. And if you're new with us here today, this is the most famous sermon of Jesus. In fact, it's a collection of sermons. It wasn't Jesus. Can you imagine if you've read the Sermon on the Mount? Can you imagine sitting down and Jesus like going through all of the Sermon on the Mount all in one shot? Like you think that I teach for, you know, a little longer than most people? You'd be there for like days. Um, but this was a collection of sermons, of teachings of Jesus that were all brought in one place so that we could have them. And we've been walking through um, each step of it. And this year, we've explored some ways that Jesus would have us to follow him, ways that we could follow him. Do you remember? Um, we, we talked about prayer just most recently, right? We spent a lot of time Jesus wanting us to know how to go about praying. Before that, we talked about giving. Do you remember that? That was, a, that was the first thing that we talked about in this section. And today, we're going we're gonna to take the next step. We're going to talk about another area that Jesus wants us to explore with him. And, you know, I was thinking about it this week, and it brought to mind this, this, this great thing that comes with parenting. Uh, if, you have, if you have kids, you'll, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about right now. So there are times all throughout parenting where we enter into what I call the promised land, right? It's, it's the promised land. Like you move into this place that, that you just never dreamed was even possible. It was like a mythological place, this, this thing that's happened. Um, so, for example, um, when your kids are first born and you're getting no sleep at all, none, do you remember? I can remember this vividly. Do you remember the first morning when your child slept through the night? Can you remember it? I remember I woke up. And I thought, so many things, like, all in one just came rushing in. So I woke up, and I was like, my first, my first thought was, wow, 
man, I feel really rested. That's a, that's not, that's not, I don't, I don't even remember what that felt like. I, I don't even remember what it felt like to like sleep through the night and wake up and, and feel rested. And so there was that thing that like hit me. And then, the, and then immediately panic set in. Like, what happened? Is my, is my baby okay? I, you know, and then I wanted to jump up and check real quick. But if, if our baby was still sleeping, I didn't want to wake it, you know. And so I was like, all these things come in. And then, and then for us, we had in those early days, we had, to, we had our firstborn summer like right there with us. And eventually, well, when she started sleeping through the night, we, we moved her out into you know, her own room. But I peeked in and I could see she was still sleeping so cute. And so I just like crawled back into bed real quietly, you know, with the covers. And it was just this, it was the promised land. Our kid was sleeping through the night. You know what I'm saying? You got all the parents are like, amen. Um, you know, a little bit farther down the road, you saw, hallelujah, that's right. A little farther down the road, you get to a place where um, your, your child moves from being in diapers to being able to go to the bathroom on their own, right? They're potty trained. And it's like this moment, yeah, the first one is exciting, right, when they do it. But, but you know, there's still some times where they're, you know, they kind of revert, right? But then eventually you realize Unless I have more children, I will never change another diaper for this, for this child again. Oh, this is amazing. They get, right? Um, we're in this stage of life right now where our kids are 23, 20, and 18. And we've entered into like a new, a new level of, of promised land. And that is that they are they're making their way out. They're making their way out, and it's a whole new level of everything. One of the best parts of, of seeing our kids move into, like, young adulthood is that they're gaining a, an appreciation for the sacrifice that Nicole and I have made to give them what they have to have a successful life, right? Like, like all of a sudden, they're, they're starting to sort of comprehend, man, so if I'm paying for my cell phone, and I'm paying for my food, and I'm paying for my, you know, rent, and I'm paying for my insurance and my gas and my, you know, health insurance, and I'm paying, like, right, you know what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden, they start to look at you a little differently. They start to give you the appreciation you are due. You know what I'm saying? Like, I poured, like, 20 years into this thing, and it's about time that you start realizing just the amount of sacrifice that has gone into positioning you for success in this life, right? We're in that place where they're starting to recognize that. You know, as human beings, we, we all tend, we all tend to do this. We, we all tend to, to sort of um, not understand or appreciate or we, we, we tend to not, we're not willing to accept the sacrifice that goes into the thing that we want. Right. So like like my kids want a cell phone, you know, and 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 all of their lives, they're just like, uh, you know, my parents like this is just mine. Like, I just get it, you know, like I don't do anything for it. I just get it. And, and at some point they come to the place where they realize, wait a second. It actually takes something, something significant, actually, to be able to have this thing over here. 
right? And we experience this in our lives all the time. Think about it. Think about it. Um, we want good health, but we're not just willing right now to put in the work to exercise. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we want long life, we want healthy bodies, but we're not super fired up about exercising. A lot of us will just choose not to do it, right? And then we wonder why we're so sick all the time, you know? Um, we, we want good relationship with our spouse, but a lot of times we just choose not to engage in what it takes to have a healthy relationship. We're tired. We're, we're frustrated. We're overwhelmed. We're, we, we, we have pressure in our lives. And so when we want time to ourselves and we don't put time into our relationship. And then we wonder one day why we wake up and, and it seems like our, our, our spouse is like a roommate. How did that happen? How did we go from, from a couple in love to roommates just sort of existing together, right? We, we, we all know how this works. We all know that it takes sacrifice in order to get the thing, whatever the thing is. Um, today, as we explore the next step in, um, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus wants to invite us into a place of surrender, into a place of sacrifice. And you're like, oh, come on, Tim. Like, give, give me, you know, give me, give me something that, like, like I, I'm not looking for sacrifice today. Um, I'm, I'm kind of hoping you could just like, 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 you know, give me some, give me something else that's a little easier. But on the other side of this sacrifice is something so significant that you're going to want to walk through what it takes to get it. I think this is where Jesus is leading us today. And so today, we're going we're gonna, to uh, jump right into the first verse of the next section on the Sermon on the Mount. And it's Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16. And here's what it says. When you fast, oh, man, right there, three words, when you fast. There's so much wrapped up in these three words, you guys, and automatically you know where I'm going with this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it my best shot to communicate the heart of God when it comes to fasting today. And Some of you are like, fasting? I don't even know what that is. Well, what is fasting? Um, Jesus looks at his followers, and he says, when you fast. Now, now let's define fasting first, and then we'll come back to this word when. Um, so this word fast means to go without. So there's something that you normally do, something that you normally consume, and by your choice, you go without that thing. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean in here a little bit. Do, do, I, do I have enough relationship with you to, to, to do this right now? So, so the original, um, I didn't hear any no's, so I'm going for it. In the original language, the original understanding, the cultural understanding of what Jesus was saying, what was coming out of his mouth, was that fasting was directly tied to food. Now, we'll say, we'll, we'll, we'll soften it a little bit in our culture, and we'll talk about fasting going without, you know, social media, 
or, you know, whatever, whatever, you fill in the blank. Anything you do on a regular basis that you'll go without so that you can pray, so that you can engage with God. You know, so for example, I do this uh, every January, for sure, I do this. Um, I will fast social media. And I take all that time and energy and focus that I would put scrolling my phone, and instead, I use it as a prompt to pray, to open up my Bible, to spend some time with God, to focus on what's most important, right? And that's all well and good. The original context, though, of this word fast is specifically related to food. We're going to talk about fasting as it relates to food today and what Jesus has to say about it. And I know, I know, some of you already right now, some of you are like, Tim, I have a medical condition. You're wasting your time. I can't go without because of this, that, or the other. Okay, so, so can, I keep, can, I, can I keep like just sort of leaning in with you a little bit on this? I don't know of a single medical condition. Now, if you have this, I want you to come and talk to me afterwards because I truly, I want to learn something new today. I don't know of a single medical condition where the doctor calls you in and says, I'm afraid to tell you, you've got endrico dimitriolosis. And... Um, and the only, the only way that you're going to live, you know, to see your kids and your grandkids and live a long, healthy life, the only way is if after at least one meal a day, you eat dessert. If you do that, you will live to see a long life. But if you can't discipline yourself to have a dessert, you will die. Right? I don't know of a condition like that. I'd like to learn something new today, though. So if that's you, let me know. There is something in the way of food that all of us can say, I would go without that. If you typically eat something sweet every day, you don't do that for your health. So all of us have something that we could grab a hold of and say, I could go without that thing. So in the, in the context of, of, of Christian living, following Jesus, here's what we know. In the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, God commands the fast. He, it's, it's a part of, of, of walking with him, of being in relationship with him. Jesus reaffirms the fast. He fasted. In fact, we're going to talk about this in a little bit. He, he fasted to start his ministry, and then he fasted throughout, and he commands his followers to fast. All throughout the ages, since the days of Christ, over 2,000 years of followers of Jesus, fasting has been a regular part of their rhythm. But for us, we've sort of lost that. In the age of grace, we, we, we say, well, fasting is optional. If I fast, I fast. But if I don't, I don't. And God doesn't care one way or the other. He just cares about my heart. There's a reason why it was in the Old Testament, why Jesus did it, why he commanded his followers to do it, and all throughout the ages his followers have fasted. And here's the reason. 
God knows that on the other side of fasting, there are things that he wants to do in your life, blessings he wants to give you, rewards that he wants to give you, breakthroughs in your life. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hands on this, how many of you have an area of your life where you need to see a breakthrough? Maybe you need a breakthrough in your finances. Maybe you need a breakthrough in a relationship, in your life purpose. Maybe you, need, maybe you need a breakthrough in an area of your life that you just can't get victory over something you know is not healthy for you. None of us have a perfect life. Every single one of us needs a breakthrough. And what God is going to show us here today is that on the other side of fasting is a breakthrough. There's a reason why God wants you to wrestle with fasting here today. All right, so we're going to get into it. So Jesus says this, when you fast, there's no if here. There's a very clear assumption that you are going to fast if you're a follower of Jesus. When you fast, Jesus says, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. Here's what they do. They disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. They make a show of it. And if you've been with us this year, you've, you've seen that this is the same um, format that Jesus has used in the other areas we've explored. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Jesus cares how you fast. But when, again, here, here's, here's that when. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. This was a way to freshen up yourself. If you wanted to look good and smell good in those days, you would wash your face and then you would use oil to kind of give you a scent that was maybe a little better than your normal bodily scent. So that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. Can I just tell you this, you guys? God sees the unseen things that you're doing to connect with him. He sees you. God sees the sacrifices that you're making. God sees when you crack open your Bible with a cup of coffee and spend time with him. God sees the love you're showing to people who don't deserve it. God sees the forgiveness you're offering to people. God sees when you give to others. God sees all of that. He knows when you're doing that. And he loves you for it. God knows. I think a lot of us do things. We try to regularly live a life of following after Jesus. And sometimes we can feel like, God, do you, do you, do you see um, what's happening? Do you know that I'm doing these things? Do, do you know that all of this, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to connect with you in deeper ways? God, God sees. God sees. Your father who sees what is done in secret, then Jesus promises us, will reward you. This is an amazing promise, you guys. And it's actually the key to understanding this whole idea of fasting. So, in fact, here's our big idea of truth we're exploring here today. The way of Jesus, then, is rooted 
in the secret place. Put it another way, uh, somebody said it like this, um, you know, what you do in secret, right, your private, your pri- it's, it's, it says it like this, your public success is determined by your, public sac- by your private sacrifice. Your public success, the good things that people see, who you are, how kind you are, how loving you are, how generous you are, your public success is determined by your private sacrifice. Only when you do the things in private, in the secret place, will we see the fruit that eventually comes out into the public arena. You see somebody who exhibits the characteristics of someone who loves Jesus and follows Jesus, you can be guaranteed that they're doing things in private that position them to be seen in public in that way. This is how it works. The way of Jesus is rooted in the secret place. So let me ask you this question. What does your secret place look like? What kind of condition is your secret place? The place where you go, just you and God. What does that look like? Is it well tended? Is it taken care of? Can, can, if I were to look at your secret place, would I be able to tell that, that, that you've been there? That you're engaging the things of God in your, in your private life? Let me tell you, friends, we can tell if you're engaging the secret place. Because we can see it in the public way that you handle yourself. Jesus wants us to experience the reward of God. Here's what that last part says. Your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. There is a reward waiting for us. So let's, let's, let's do it like this. So if I were to take this right here. And on this side of this line in the middle of our, of our little stage here. This is your everyday life. Right? This is... This is what you do. You go about your day. Uh, you're doing good, normal, healthy things, hopefully. And you're trying to spend time with God. You're, you're building a relationship. You're, you're doing the normal things. This is the doorway, then, to fasting. And God knows that if you will step aside from your everyday on somewhat of a regular basis, that's determined by you. God doesn't say, You should do this every day or every week or every month. But if you will step through the doorway of fasting, on this side of the doorway of fasting, God has rewards and blessing and favor waiting for you. Now, I don't know about you, but you you could be here today. You could be watching online, listening to the podcast. You don't know Jesus in any personal way. You're just someone invited you or you're curious or you thought, oh, maybe I'll check this thing out. I don't know. And you don't even have to be engaged with Jesus Christ. And if I say, do you want the blessing and the favor? If there is a God, do you want his blessing and favor and, and rewards? You would probably say yes. Right. Like who, who wouldn't say yes. So over here we have our everyday lives. And Jesus is inviting us through the doorway of fasting. And he says, I want you to step over here and I want you to experience things that you'll only get over here. You can't get them over here. 
This is all good. But when you step through the doorway of fasting, you'll get things over here that will only come when you step through that doorway. Let's talk about some of those things. Before we do that, though, let's read about how Jesus interacted with fasting. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 says this. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So Jesus lived 30 years unseen, obscure, unknown. Everyday tradesmen, you wouldn't distinguish him from anybody else. Before he began his three years of public ministry, the very first thing he did, the transition from the everyday life to the anointed life, was he went for 40 days and 40 nights and fasted and prayed. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was hungry, as you and I would be. Jesus was all human. He was all God, but he was all human as well. He was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. So there's a series of temptations that the enemy tried to get in and get Jesus to sin before he ever even started his public ministry. And here's what Jesus did. And we're going to learn from this here today. When we step through the doorway of fasting, just like Jesus did for 40 days and 40 nights to start his ministry, God is going to help us do some things. The very first reward waiting for us when we're over here and we step through the doorway of fasting, the very first thing God will do for us is that God will help us feed our souls. So what we're going to do is we're going to momentarily go without feeding our bodies so that God can feed our souls. There's a soul feeding that God only gives us when we go without a physical feeding. So here's what it looks like. People can fast um, one meal a day. They could fast um, like I said, um, let's just say dessert. Maybe you want to have a, a nice, easy sort of on-ramp. Um, maybe you just decide for a day, I'm not going to put something sweet in my mouth. I'm going to eat normal food, but I'm not going to put anything sweet in my mouth. And every time I'm tempted to grab something as I walk through the kitchen or grab something in the break room at work, or when I'm out to eat with friends, whenever I'm tempted to grab it, I'm going to pause in that moment and I'm going to ask God, or I'm going to talk to God and I'm going to say, God, thank you for helping me today, helping me focus on you, helping me experience you in a new way. God, thank you for your presence in my life. One great way to pray during fasting is that anytime you get the urge to do that thing, stop and just thank God for who he is. Do that for a day. Do that for a week. Some of you might fast a whole day. All food. You just drink water. That's amazing. Some of you hard, 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 hardcore people might even fast coffee for like half a day. And then the afternoon will be a caffeine overdose. Let me ask you this. On the other side of fasting... God wants to feed your soul. Here's your question today. How is it with your soul right now? I mean, truly. 
Talk to yourself right now. How is it with my soul? Are you at peace? Do you have joy? Are you quick to forgive? Are you quick to show mercy? Are you quick to love? Are you slow to be critical? Are you slow to be judgmental? How is it with your soul right now? If it's not where you need it to be, where you want it to be, maybe you should consider fasting. On the other side of our decision to fast, God will feed our souls. Now, look at this, though. God will also focus our attention. Over here in our normal everyday lives, we're just going about our normal business. We're doing all our normal things. There's so many things that want to grab our attention. So many things. I don't have my phone on me. I don't, I don't feel quite right. I don't have my phone on me. All I have to do is pull out my phone anywhere. Do you know one time, uh, uh, not too long ago, I was with some friends, and uh, we went to a restaurant together, and I already knew the menu, and the others didn't. So I said, um, hey, listen, there was one big table left. And I said, hey, listen, I'm going to sit here and, and get the table. You guys go ahead and go on up. Here's what I want. Here's some money, whatever. And so they went up there. I didn't realize I forgot my phone in my bag. So I'm sitting in the middle of a crowded restaurant at lunchtime, big table. I'm the only one. All my friends are up there in line. I have no phone. You know what I did, you guys? I'm, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed to say this. You know what I did? I picked up the ketchup bottle in the middle of the, of the table, and I just started, like, reading the ingredients and reading the, the, their little... The story of the family making, you know, the, the, the ketchup. I read every word on that bottle, you guys, like five times. On the other side of fasting, God will help us focus our attention. Let me ask you this. On a scale of one to ten, one being you're fully focused, utmost clarity, and ten being you can't, you can't calm your thoughts for the life of you. On a scale of 1 to 10, where are you? How distracted are you right now in your life? Do you feel like you just can't really get a clear thought anymore? Do you feel like you can't see clearly? Like you want, you're not sure about this and you're just kind of, do you feel like there's just some confusion? Maybe you should fast. And during the time when you go without food, stop and pray and get alone with God and ask him to give you clarity, and he will. All right, last, last one here, and then we have to wrap this up. When you step through the doorway of fasting, here's what God will do. God will help you find your breakthrough. Do you remember I first asked you when we first started here, do you need a breakthrough in an area of your life? We all do, you guys. We all need a breakthrough in our lives. Do you know that there are breakthroughs that will only come on the other side of fasting? 
One day, Jesus, he sends out his followers and he says, you're going to heal the, the sick. You're going to feed the poor. You're going to, it's going to be amazing. You're going to do all the things that I'm going to do. You're going to be able to cast out demons. And there was this one time where his followers gathered around this demon-possessed person and they couldn't cast it out. And so they came back to him and they were like, Jesus, what's up? You promised us we'd be able to cast out demons and we couldn't cast it. We tried everything we knew. We did all the things to try to cast out this demon. And Jesus said it like this. This kind of demon can only come out by prayer and fasting. There are spiritual battles in your life where you will only experience the breakthrough that comes through prayer and fasting. Why? I don't know. I don't know. God could have been like, you, by prayer and standing on your head, you will break the chains of the enemy. I don't know. But God said prayer and fasting. Some of you have been struggling with the same defeat your whole life. Why not give it a shot? Why not say, God, okay, I'll do this thing. I'll, 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 I'll give it a shot. I'll go without food. You lead me in how to do it. Maybe it's a meal. Maybe it's a particular type of food. Maybe it's what I don't know. God, you tell me, and I'll do it, and I'll do it for a period of time. And you step up over in here, and when you do, God helps you find your breakthrough. Listen, you guys, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where the life of following Jesus makes a difference. But here's the catch. Will you fast? Will you fast? Here's the question right now. Do you believe a breakthrough in your life is possible if you'll follow and obey God in this way? The Bible teaches it. Jesus did it. Jesus taught it. We're up here. I can tell you from personal experience, I've had breakthrough in my life because of fasting and prayer. In fact, I was deeply convicted as I prepared for this. I need some breakthrough in my life, you guys. Like big, big life and death, eternal future breakthrough in my life for people I love. Do you know I haven't fasted once? Oh, dear God, forgive me. Forgive me. I'm, I, I, I'm, 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 this week, I will be fasting for breakthrough in my life. Will you join me? Will you join me for your breakthrough? We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find Hope. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.